Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back, guys. This is Believe in Rams. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch, and this is episode 173. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the Rams lost their disappearing act in the second half against the Philadelphia Eagles uh, that caused them to fall 23 to 14. Um, and we're also going to be talking about the um, the Cardinals coming up. Um, so the Eagles, 23-14 loss, and now you got the Cardinals cam coming up here. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for the Rams, but we're going to talk about the Eagles first. Cam, how are you doing, by the way? I'm doing great, Jake. You talk about the Cardinals coming into town. It's a divisional game at the end of the day, so they always count as two. The Eagles matchup was a little tough. It's a little tough to see. Right. It kind of reminded me of the 49ers matchup where in the first half, allowing the 49ers, allowing the Eagles to score, which then carries over to the second half where the momentum is a little bit lower and that that fight and that fire is down a bit. So, you know, we'll unpack it a bit, but the Rams have some stuff to work on. Hopefully they can work on those things and and get a, a win against the Cardinals. Yeah, that's definitely the hope. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, four out of the five teams the Rams played were playoff teams last year and are probably going to be potentially playoff teams this year, I would say. Um, so, I mean, you know, you don't want to have any moral victories here, but, you know, I thought the defense did as nice of a job as they could have considering the fact they're on the field for almost the entire game. Uh, really tough team. They hemorrhaged the clock. They really punched you in the mouth. Um, but I thought they did a nice job only giving up six points uh, in the second half. And funny enough, we looked like we were, we had a shootout on our hands and it ended up being only six points the entire second half cam. So uh, kind of a weird game. Uh, that's what Sean McVay keeps calling it. Like a weird game. Wasn't able to get guys involved. Van Jefferson plays two snaps. And then, you know, mm -hmm. he was just traded. Unfortunately today, a big fan of van. Um, he yeah. was traded today to the Falcons, but um but yeah, just uh, we're going to get more into that. Before we do, we do have some bills to pay. So, Cam, why don't you tell our great folk out there about underdog fantasy? Yes, you can start playing Pick'em or Weekly Fantasy for any sport today. Users will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 if they use promo code OTE at sign up. Start playing Pick'em and Weekly Fantasy football today with Underdog Fantasy underdog fantasy that is right so hey you don't want to get into fantasy football that's fine they still got the pick them for you you can get involved if you're trying to get into some sort of game and you want some sort of rooting interest uh that's definitely a way and you can make money doing it so uh it works wonders there underdog fantasy using promo code ote or believe in rams as you can see at the top um of our uh show uh feature there um, but in addition to that, you can also go to betonline.ag, which is your number one source for all your betting needs this season. Get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website and use our code BELIEVE today to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts so cam we'll start with uh you know sunday obviously you'd love to win this game i, I thought the rams played extremely well in the first half 
Um, you know, unfortunately, the offense comes off the field thinking they just had a huge momentum shift, a huge momentum swing right before the half. You score. There's not a lot of time left for the Eagles to get back in this. And now you get the ball in the second half. But then disaster strikes. Eagles go down the field uh, way too far down the field. We're talking what 36 <laughs> seconds and they score a touchdown. And you had mentioned earlier, it was identical to the 49er game. It's the same way the 49er game went almost exactly to a T cam giving up the touchdown with zero seconds left on the clock. And then you talk about obviously the pass interference call aiding that. But in addition to that, the second half, the Rams also uh, got the ball first and they just were abysmal on that next, you know, the opening drive in the second half. So uh, really nothing went well for the Rams in the second half. Matthew Stafford was missing throws. He hits all day, every day, um, including that 2-2 Atwell touchdown that people are now seeing, you know, the people that didn't watch the game, they're like, man, they were that close. Yeah, well, that's the NFL. So they were that <laughs> close, but... You know, it, it is a shame, but Cam, I'm going to ask you, you know, in regards to the Eagles game as a defensive player, um, I hate to do this to you, but you, you watched 11 missed tackles. Uh, are you OK? Uh, <laughs> no, it, it was brutal, man. It was brutal. And the crazy part is right when it comes to Jalen Hurts, he was able to extend so many plays just because of those missed tackles. Right. You think about a Kobe Durant, I believe it was maybe the third quarter or so. Right. Jalen Hurts is about to get tackled two yards before maybe on the th on third down as well. And he converts. It's like, dude, <laughs> as a defensive player, you you got to tackle. you got to wrap up and note here. Jake, I think we talked about this before, but Jalen Hurts squat 600 pounds. He may not look big like that, but my man is strong as an ox and he was converting first downs. To be honest, he might be first in the NFL, first in the league at, at the quarterback position in converting first down. So. That was a little unfortunate to see. And then you talk about the end of the first half as well. Um, Darion Kendrick with that flag, dude. That was that was a little brutal because we watched the 49ers game and the same thing happens, right? And so now if I'm an offense, I'm looking, I'm looking at the Rams matchup like, hey, if I'm the Cardinals, I know I got Marquise Brown. Well, the end of the half, I know that I'm gonna put Marquise Brown versus Darion Kendrick, and I'm gonna see if I can score before that happened. I guarantee you, Darion might, you know, might hold him. And so that's, I think, what offenses are thinking about, Jake. And then thirdly, I feel like I've been saying this, I'm blue in the face. I sent you a video of when I was watching the film. Michael Hoyt covering Dallas Goddard on that curl flat. I almost threw up, dude. Almost threw up because not only did I see it for the Rams, but I also saw it for the Packers as well. Devontae Adams was lined up against one of the defensive ends. I'm like, you know, and I know, I know what the defensive coordinator for the Packers. I know he was at the uh, the Rams prior to. So I get it. If you have athletic defensive ends, put them out in coverage. But come on, fam. <laughs> so I, those are my thoughts, uh, Jake. And they're like marveling at the idea on Sunday Night Football. Oh, look at Fred Warner. He's running stride for stride with uh, Brandon Cooks. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was two yards behind him. It's not like it's gone past the idea of like, oh, it's impressive. No, it, I'm over that. Stop saying it's impressive. It's stupid. OK, you should not be putting Fred Warner on Brandon Cooks. You should not be putting Michael Hoyt on, uh, you know, Goddard. Devontae I mean, Adams. Just, Goddard. Devontae Adams you, 
yeah, Preston Smith or, or Rashawn Gary or whoever was covering uh, Devontae Adams. It's just stupid, man. I'm so sick of seeing it. And the thing that bothers me, Cam, is now you have these fans who loved Michael Hoyt last year. And let's be honest, Michael Hoyt showed up at times last year, kind of gave you some, you know, some interesting thoughts about the future, right? Well, now it's like people think he's slow, which he's not. He's probably the best athlete on the team. If you think about his whole mental, uh, yeah, his whole mental makeup with the athleticism, he's honestly incredible when you think about it. Um, But at the same time, like, he looks slow because he's covering guys 50 yards down the field. Now the, at the yeah. same time, like he looks out of place and a fish out of water because he's being asked to do those backpedal drills, but in an actual NFL setting against <laughs> DK Metcalf and Tyler Sick. Lockett. And it, it just, it's, it's gone out of hand. I love Raheem Morris, love him. And I defend him. And I think he's had a great year, you know, pushing these guys, getting the most out of these guys. A lot of people thought this defense was going to be terrible and it has not been. It's actually been really good in my opinion, but this is the game. This should be the straw that broke the camel's back. It's not to say bench Michael Hoyt, but it is to say if you need to drop any sort of outside linebacker in coverage, Michael Hoyt shouldn't be who you're doing that with. You should be doing it with Byron Young. You got to give Michael Hoyt some some grace because he is a good football player, and that's why he's playing in the NFL, and he's starting on an NFL team, a good one at that. But I'd like to see him go back to the interior. I'd like yeah. to see him get him on stunts, allow him to use that athleticism to his to his advantage, and don't just throw him out there because he's athletic. I just don't think it's such a disservice to his uh, – you know, his archetype and, and just who he is as a player. Um, but furthermore, another disservice, in my opinion, is when you have a, a corner that's playing as well as a Kello Witherspoon is playing right now, he gets an interception in a huge moment where we're talking yeah. about it. You know, now it could be a two possession game and he's, you know, he shuts the door on that. He gives the Rams a chance and Sean McVay said it. You know, we got to do a better job of putting points on the board. We just got that turnover that we were looking for. Got to put points on the board. How about Akello gets, um, he gets cramps, right? Has to come out of the game. So in comes Duke Shelley, who's barely played all year. He's honestly probably the second best corner on the team. Because if you look at his last, you know, his last, I think eight games, he's one of the best corners in football. Uh, people don't realize that he had a really good year last year uh, with the Vikings. And so Duke Shelley comes in and he makes the play of the game. That pass breakup on the right side of the end zone. I mean, that was huge. And so it just, it bothers me because I still think as poor as the defense may have tackled and as annoying as the defense may have been because the Eagles do that. That is their style of play. We talked about it. They're going to run the ball 35 times a game, and that's the most in the league. They ran at 39 cam. And furthermore, they had the ball for pretty much 39 minutes of the game. Uh, but here's the thing, okay? As much as they run the ball, as annoying as it was, you got to give the defense credit. They only gave 23 points up to this team that has A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. DeAndre Swift's the second leading rusher coming in this game. He had 70 yards on 17 carries, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and to be honest, Jake, think about the defense, right? 
they didn't tackle well. We we talk about this is great teams will force missed tackles, right? A.J. Brown at some point, similar to Jamar Chase for the Cardinals, he was due. <laughs> they were both due, and unfortunately the Rams had a lineup against them. But what that says, Jake, this is week five going to week six. We got to prepare for the playoffs. And trust me, the playoffs are going to be very similar to this Eagles game, to this 49ers game. So what is what do we do, right? Raheem Morris, what do we do? Okay, let's work on tackling, guys. Let's work on angles and practice. And also, let's make sure our guys are in the proper position to make those tackles. Because sometimes guys are on the left side and even on the right side to make those tackles or however you want to look at it. But at the end of the day, they need to be in better, better positions to be successful. And against the Eagles, they weren't, which is which is okay. It's a championship team. But moving forward, let's take those notes and let's put it to the Cardinals. We got we got to put the Cardinals away. I think we talked about it with Simone, right? Simone said this is a statement game. She said this game will be like forty-two to seventeen, which which it didn't happen. But this this game against the Cardinals should be a statement game for the Rams. This is a divisional a divisional matchup. It counts as two. And they got, we got to put the Cardinals in the dirt because if not, Jay. If not, some of these weaknesses that have been exposed versus the Cardinals and some of the teams that we've lost to, it's going to get even bigger come playoff time. And I want to go to the dance, Shake. I don't know about you. As a Rams fan, I want to go to the dance. So we're going to tighten this up if we want to compete in the future here. I always used to say I want to see more than 17 games this season or more than 16 back in the day. You know, I I, I want to see more football. I want to see my team play longer. Um, I also want to see them break the beak. And we're going to hashtag that this week. We're going to get people saying hashtag break the beak because that is what's going to happen. You're going right at the Cardinals this week Um, to wrap up the Eagles game, though. Just really awesome seeing Cooper Cup, who hasn't played since like week nine, week 10, come out and just casually have an eight catch 118 yard game. I don't care if the Eagles. Yeah, no big deal. I don't care that the Eagles secondary is banged up to have a guy who came back who hasn't played since week 10 of last year and just do that. I mean, just think about how good this offense is going to be when they're all on the same page. And that's to be fair, like that first half, it looked like they were, but I think we took it for granted because the second half they weren't. And I think it's just a constant reminder is that, you know, yes, Matthew Stafford and Cooper cup have an incredible amount of chemistry, but even they can struggle a little bit if you know you're not throwing to your guys that long and they went a long time without playing in a game together um so i think that's definitely fair to say also puka nakua showed that he can still you know he can still ball out with cup on the field and tutu atwell found the end zone so yeah van jefferson's the only person that got the short end of the stick you know when cooper cup came back but we've talked about this jake we talked about this uh to an extent it's like hey cooper cup gets back our guy Van's gonna have to ball out. We've said it over and over again. Unfortunately, it came to fruition a little bit earlier than we thought it would. Uh, but what I will say is Van Jefferson going to the Falcons, I think he's gonna be able to show his value to the NFL, right? He showed us. We know at the Rams, but I think he's gonna be able to show it even a little bit more. And you never know, Jake, he could come back to the Rams. So I'm not saying, hey, Van Jefferson, we're writing them off because I came back to the Rams, right? I went to the Buccaneers and came back. So I do hope Van goes to the Falcons. Ritter and Heineke get him right. You know, I keep talking about Heineke, but hopefully Heineke's able to throw him some footballs. Him and Kyle Pittman and Van Jefferson are able to get things going in Atlanta. And then at some point, hey, Van, 
actually big play van. Come on back to the Rams, man. We miss you over here. <laughs> That's my hope. <laughs> That'd be cool. That would be cool. Van is one of the the nicest guys I've come across in this whole industry. So, um, yeah, he's just he's a good dude, and I wish him nothing but the best for real. And Same. we got to stop with the whole oh he was useless and all that. I think you know we really don't understand just how talented the Rams receiver room is Van Jefferson is the best receiver on the chiefs day one. Okay. I don't care what anyone says. He's better than Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's better than Justin Watson. He's better than all those guys. I mean the, the kid from uh, what was it? Uh, Central Florida um, or Western Michigan. I think it is. He's better than more sky more. He's better than sky more, right? Mm I think Rashi Rice has a chance to be really good. He's better than Rashi Rice. He's more proven than Rashi Rice. He'd be the best receiver on the Chiefs. They're actually kind of dumb for not going after him. But anyway, um, you know, moving on here. The Cardinals game, hashtag break the beak. Uh, I thought the the Rams last week really started to feel with the home field advantage. Um, you know, and I think, you know, Jalen Carter comes out and he says, we started, you know, being able to time their snaps in the second half because it got loud and they had to start using hand signals. Mm. To me, that's a problem, Cam. However, if you have any sort of concern about the home field advantage, it does not happen against the Cardinals. The Rams will have this thing 95% Rams. The Cardinals fans do not travel anywhere near as well as the Eagles, anywhere near as well as the 49ers, anywhere near as well as most teams. And especially not this team that people are assuming is tanking and is starting Josh Dobbs, who we've given him a lot of respect, but it's Josh Dobbs. He's not getting guys in the seats. He's, he's trying to, when you're already in the seat, he's trying to keep you there, but he's not getting you in the seat. He's not getting you to buy a ticket. He's trying to get you to stay and not leave early. So Cam, I'll tell you this right now this is a get right game for the rams i understand that is very cliche and people say that all the time but this is a get right game for the rams they need to take this one i understand it's a rivalry game they need to establish their offense and their dominance and they need to play four quarters of high octane you know all phases all three phases football all three phases that that's what we need to hear in the presser jake is all three phases played extremely well, right? <laughs> Cooper Cup, Kyron, I mean, on the offensive line, the defense, like, we need to hear that. We need Special to hear that. Special teams, getting yeah, some good yeah. returns out of uh, Austin Trammell. I've been impressed yeah. with him. Yeah, Jake, it takes everything, and I know this is week six, but like you said, the cliche piece, right? We need those cliche pieces because it's hard to win in the NFL. You know, any of those games where it's like, hey, it's only a layup, got to do is do what we're supposed to do and lay the ball up and we're going to win this game the only thing that can remove the rams from this football game is turnovers jake the turnover margin i, I think thank god akella with a spoon is turning the football over for the rams defense we need a little bit more if i'm keeping it 100 akella's playing lights out when it comes to turning the football over but kobe durant you know, we need these guys to step up and, and and force some turnovers. But the only way that we can fumble this game away is if we literally fumble the football or throw it away and the Cardinals have a chance. Because this Cardinals, Cardinals team isn't just a team that you can just, hey, we're playing the Cardinals this week, automatic W. No, no, no. The Cardinals have beaten teams that they should, quote, unquote, have not beaten. And the Rams could be that type of team as well this week. And so, like you said, all three phases were needed this week. <laughs> Get right. 
Yeah. Um, Amari DeMarcado is expected to be the running back. He had a 4.5 yards per carry average actually found Pater last week against the Bengals. Um, that shouldn't have been difficult, but the Rams found it really difficult to run against the, one of the worst run defenses in the league. However, (laughs) big, big, big issue here. And this is the thing with the Cardinals that I don't like if I'm a Cardinals fan. Okay. Josh Dobbs turned the ball over again, twice, two, two interceptions last week. Uh, and actually three times he, he fumbled it as well. Um, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is James Connors on the IR, man. That's their best player. He's been on, he's been on absolute fire and James Connor left the game. Unfortunately, after a six carry 46 yard day guy was working on an eight, uh, yard per carry average type of day. And, uh, yeah, he got hurt and, you know, that's a problem. But when you look at it, you know, I look at, I mean, he doesn't get a lot of targets, but if they target Michael Wilson in this upcoming game, the rookie looks really good at Stanford. I mean, you know, he has one of the highest, uh, you know, when quarterbacks target him, include, you know, obviously Josh Dobbs, one of the highest uh, passer ratings in the league when targeted. So this is somebody I think can make some plays. He made a huge big time play splash play against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so I think he's really the X factor in this one. They have to be aware of at all times because I think he's got the size, but a guy who doesn't have the size, but does have that game breaking speed is Rondell Moore. We saw him get three carries for 50 yards last week against the Bengals. And then he added three catches for 26. Obviously we know what Marquise Brown can do, right? But it's the guys that are after Marquise Brown, no, uh, you know, no Deandre Hopkins. And so now without Deandre Hopkins, you've seen these other guys have to step up. Zach Ertz. He's going to be chomping at the bit, man. He's yeah, going to chop at the bit. After just Dallas, Dallas Goddard. Goddard did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Jeff Swim, you know, I, I'm personally not like, oh, got to watch out for Jeff Swim. But at this point, any tight end cam. Drew Ogletree led the Colts in receiving the tight yeah. end. You know, yeah. he had yeah. the game tying touchdown in that Colts game. Uh, and then Trey McBride really, you know, he was a big uh, draft pick. I, I mean, you have to be cognizant of the fact that if you are giving up this much to tight ends, it doesn't matter who you're playing. There's something not working. And if you don't fix it, anybody that's in the NFL at that <laughs> level will be able to take advantage of it. Jake Dallas Goddard had 117 yards versus yes. the Rams. That's absolutely unacceptable. Like John Johnson, where is John Johnson at? Like, you know, that's my thing. Jake is like, we used him one game, right, 49ers game. I think he, he had a splash, and then he stopped playing after that. But when you have tight ends going for 100-something yards, Jake, let's – I don't want to keep saying this, stop dropping the defensive ends, but if I'm the Cardinals, running game is not great. Well, I'm going to go to the short and intermediate game. Right? I'm going to figure out what that looks like. And what I'm going to tell my team is if, I, if, you, if any of y'all see those defensive ends looking like they're about to drop out, hot route, Immediately, immediate hot route, offensive tackles. Let us know if you see number 97 or number zero dropping back in coverage because we're going to have a hot route lined up for our tight ends or receivers that end up in the slot because we love to cover the slot, uh, the, the, the slot receivers as a curl flat player. So I, I'm just telling my team hot routes immediately. I don't care if we have a run on, 
check it, check LeBron James, check whatever call that's been going, that's been trending lately, right? Teams have been calling out LeBron James and different different people like that. But check LeBron James, throw it to the tight end versus the defensive ends for the Rams because I know they're going to catch it and I know they're going to get yards. That that's what that's my offensive scheme. Or even run it towards the defensive ends, Jake, because they they're and we talked about it earlier, but the defensive ends are kind of stuck in between covering and holding down the edge. And so if that's the case, I'm running at them every time. If I'm if I don't have a run game, I'm gonna run at them every time and I'm gonna create one because that's where the openings are. So I can say I feel like a broken record, Jake, but <laughs> at some point someone's gonna to listen to what we're saying here and make some changes. I get it, man. I get it. Uh, last year, the Rams and Cardinals split. Uh, the, the Cardinals did get the last laugh at, at SoFi. Uh, keep in mind, the Cardinals also beat the Rams at SoFi the year they went to the Super Bowl. So they have beaten them a little bit at SoFi. Um, you know, last year in the first game that they met, Cardinals were one and two. The Rams were two and one. Um, and Matthew Stafford did play the game. He didn't throw a touchdown in that game. We had a rushing touchdown from Cam Akers, who ran for 5.1 yards per carry. Cooper Cup ran a 20-yard one in, and the leading receiver was Ben Skoranek. It was actually a weird game. Cooper Cup only had four catches for 44 yards. So we'll see what happens, but 14 catches for 140 yards, Marquise Brown, he was eating. Deion, yeah. uh, he was eating Darion Kendrick alive. So um, I'm very curious how that looks moving forward. <laughs> but, you know, you had Greg Dortch with nine catches for 80 yards, former Ram there, and uh, Zach Ertz went for six for 45. And then they really held James Conner in check. So we'll see what ends up happening. But, Cam, I think that's going to do it. That's going to do it, Jake. What I will say for the Rams, faithful, it's only week five, going to week six. Of course, we have some overreactions, but it's getting into like that playoff time now pretty soon here. And so let's start getting a little bit more serious about the gameplay and, and what we're seeing on film here. And I mean, you know, to be honest, Jake, fans can't make changes, you know, for an organization. Right. They can shout and they, they can yell, but they can't make change. But what I will say is this Rams team is a lot different than last year. It's really cool to see, and for those those Rams fans that have stuck with us last year and still sticking with us, hey, buckle up. Buckle up, because once the Rams figure it out in these upcoming years, uh, you know, we don't want to see any flip-flop. But uh, really cool to see, Jake, uh, this Rams team turn it around and got to get this dub this week against the Cardinals. Break the beak. Break the beak. So that's going to do it. I'm Jake Ellenbogen at JK Bogan. You can follow me on socials. He is Cameron Lynch, your former Rams linebacker, and you can follow him on all socials at Cameron Lynch 50. We'll be back next week, but until then guys, take care. Later. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.